Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sydney Weiss, and here is Stacy Pace. Thank you so much, Sid. Sydney and her teammates are safely in the wobble in Bradenton, Florida at IMG. And on this episode of Believe in Sparks, we're getting a taste of our new reality in terms of media availability. So we'll hear from head coach Derek Fisher, Neka Agumake, Rashonda Gray, and Brittany Sykes on this episode of Believe in Sparks. As always, Eli Horowitz, the Director of Public Relations and Communications, will guide the media through. So let's get started. This is the first post-practice media availability of the 2020 season. To Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Hi, Derek. Um, yeah, so just kind of uh, hoping you could give us sort of the lay of the land and, and what these first few days have been like and what's different, what's the same, how do you feel? Uh, oh, <laughs> it'll take a long time for me to give you the, the lay of the land uh, in terms of our experience here. Uh, obviously very different. <laughs> in a normal season, uh, normal media availability, normal everything. But uh, I think our group, our players, uh, our staff, like our entire organization from ownership down, um, you know, we're just trying to collaborate and work together to, you know, serve our players' needs in the best way that we can. Uh, The first couple days of practice and workouts have been great. Uh, You know, we're trying to be really intentional about you know, where our players are mentally and physically uh, and really try to be methodical about, um, you know, our process and not putting ourselves in too much jeopardy too fast uh, in terms of overtraining. Um, But the spirit has been good. The energy has been positive um, and we're excited. I mean, even even though this is not a normal situation, uh, I I think our players really are enjoying being together uh, for the first time in a very long time. Go over to uh, Nick Hamilton, Nightfall Media. Obviously, last year you learned, you know, it was your first year. What did you learn from that year to prepare you for the second year? And what principles did you want to institute into your players, especially with the the break and and going through with COVID-19 and having to be in a bubble? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last year, uh, really just understanding uh, the pace of the league, uh, how the games are called, you know, how – teams play, personnel, coaches, et cetera. Um, There were a lot of things that I learned. I think the biggest thing really um, is that the culture of our team and our organization um, is the most important thing. Uh, You know, X's and O's, there are a lot of great basketball coaches uh, and teaching that goes on across the league. Uh, Everybody runs similar things at times, and there are teams that run very different things. Um, But the teams that are successful in sports, um, they have great, culture, great messaging, everything that they do. Um, there's a shared vision and alignment in what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and last year, I, that was confirmed for me uh, that that's what we have to focus on. The basketball part is an extension of what you're building a, as an organization. Uh, and I think we've made a lot of strides in our efforts to, to create that here. Uh, in terms of um, you know, our players and, and, and trying to meet them where they are based on the timing of all of our experiences with uh, COVID, uh, with the conversations we're having around the country in terms of race in America uh, and, and the system, the way it currently exists uh, and has existed. Like it's something that we're carrying with us here. 
Uh, many of us have made individual choices uh, to be here uh, for different reasons, uh, but we're all here together and we wanna try and work together to make sure that that message doesn't get lost in playing basketball, uh, that we really do wanna utilize this time and opportunity and this platform uh, in what we feel like is, is a great uh, league and these women have an opportunity to use their voice and their platform uh, to make sure that people hear them and see them. Uh, and, and I want to try and help that as much as I can. Sabrina Merchant with SB Nation. Uh, so you guys added two players pretty close to heading down to Orlando, uh, Bradenton. I'm just curious, what are your initial reactions from spending time with Rashonda and Taya? Um, I mean, my and, and our initial reactions are that uh, we're very fortunate to, to have both players. Um, we obviously um, and undoubtedly miss Christy and, and Shanae and, um, you know, we're really, I think, thankful for their professionalism and the way they communicated with us uh, about their decision and what was important to them. And, and that makes it important to us. And so we miss both of those players, but we really do feel that Rashonda and Taya both provide, uh, first and foremost, uh, I think a level of professionalism and who they are as people and as young women, um, that that's what we want to have in this organization. Uh, both great people great personalities, positive energy, uh, and they both work really, really hard. Uh, we're impressed with how they've been able to keep themselves in some uh, basic levels of conditioning and fitness, even though, um, you know, they didn't know what their WNBA future looked like at the time that we called. Uh, so we're happy with both, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what more uh, they can offer us uh, as we build out this season. Thanks. We'll go over to John W. Davis with Windsider. So you had one of your former teammates used the phrase, the real MVP, Kevin Durant. So if I use that phrase to describe Neka or Gumake, how would you finish that sentence with everything that's going on when we talk about getting here to the bubble, everything that she's had to do, plus everything that I know that she means to you on the court and off the court as a, as a player, as a, kind of like a team big sister, a leader, a captain, all those different things that, that we know her to be. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, we, we've obviously spoken before about NECA and, and the value that she brings to, to our team, our organization, uh, and, and, and what the Sparks have been about uh, since the day she stepped foot here. Um, but across the league, like you said, and, and, and really in a lot of ways across the sports landscape, uh, the leadership position that she holds as president of the Players Association uh, and the work that she's had to put in to help us all get here um, is is remarkable. Um, having had those experiences myself as, as president of the Players Association, it's not easy to do both, uh, to be a great player and be a, a great president, but she's doing it and she's showing up um, with, with still that attitude of determination and and, uh, you know, grit and, and mental toughness that she always exhibits. Um, and yeah, I, I think she's arguably the most valuable person, player, president uh, in the in entire league at this point. Uh, but I, the great thing about NECA is that she's not looking for credit. She's not looking to be celebrated. Uh, she's still the leader that we always expect her to be and, and have known her to be. Uh, and in reality, I, I think we have a job to do to help, uh, help her balance all of the things that she does need to manage and, and carry. Uh, so we, we have to watch her energy levels uh, and not have her wearing too many hats uh, over the course of this season 
uh, because we know how important she is to everyone. Go over to Stacy Pates with Believe in Sparks. Hey, Derek, so happy to see your face on the screen and see y'all back to work. Um, absolutely, it. absolutely been keeping y'all in my prayers and will continue to. And when you think about this time, you hear the words unprecedented. You hear, you know, clearly you said it at, at the top of this that you couldn't even give the lay of the land. It's so complex. There's so many moving parts and pieces and we're still feeling our way around this. As you and the team are back together though, having made those choices to be away from your families, your friends, how can this time together really bring healing for what's been going on while you've been away from the game? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think in, in the shortest way I can answer, I, I think we all, um, you know, we all need community. And I think if there's anything that these experiences have taught us uh, whether from COVID originally in, in mid-March um, to George Floyd and the protests and the unrest around the country and around the world in terms of our conversation uh, about race, uh, the, the lack of community leading up to, uh, to George Floyd's killing and, and then what we've experienced since then, um, I think they're all examples of how important we each are uh, to this world we live in. And so this time to reconnect uh, as, as a small community within the Sparks organization, uh, I think we've all needed it. We've, we've missed one another um, and, and we're, we're thankful for this opportunity, uh, but we're also not gonna be complacent with this opportunity either. Uh, the way we carry ourselves on and off the court while we're here, it's important that it represents uh, how important these times are. So we have to be even more professional, even more disciplined, even more committed to doing things the right way. Uh, and those are the messages that we've spent some time talking about over this last week. To Megan Hines with the SWAB report. How have you guys been implementing Coach Fred within the team's landscape with him not being able to be with you guys in the bubble? Uh, yes, great question, Megan. Uh, in a similar fashion as this, uh, yesterday we had a uh, uh, you know, our, our first like collective team meeting where we were able to be in the same room uh, due to the quarantine protocols, et cetera, that we had to clear uh, when we first arrived. So uh, yesterday was the first time we were able to collect in the same room uh, in that way. And we had Coach Fred up on the big screen just like this. Uh, and he was able to address the group, share his words. Uh, also, in terms of our coaching staff, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time virtually as we learned how to do uh, uh, through some of the you know, the process of learning how to operate during COVID. Uh, we've gotten comfortable communicating this way, being able to use our share screen options uh, to watch video together, uh, to still go through strategy, X's and O's, planning, et cetera. Uh, so Coach Fred is gonna be still an invaluable piece of any success that we hope to have this year. Uh, his voice, his presence, his wisdom. Uh, we're not gonna just let that go. He's uh, thankful, uh, I think, for the opportunity that our ownership group uh, and management in terms of respecting his decision, but knowing that, uh, you know, he's still going to be there for us every single day. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to finding new ways to be great. Uh, and that is, all of this is forcing everybody to think differently. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to think about coaching and teaching in a different way and still find ways to get it done. Holly Rowe with ESPN. Hey, Netta, just wanted to see um, how you're balancing your responsibility as the union president in the bubble so if issues arise or problems happen how you're balancing that with your responsibilities as a player 
Uh, I gotta say, I'm still learning how to balance it. Um, it's it started with the job, of course, but you know, right when we got into negotiations for the CBA, um, I experienced a a certain level of responsibility that I learned quickly that the role kind of um, what's expected of the role, but then entering a negotiation that I did not anticipate with the pandemic. Um, it's caused a lot of balancing. Um, it's been quite challenging, um, really just because of, you know, what's on everybody's plate. It's been a lot, but I have an amazing team on the executive committee and, of course, the staff. And then working with Kathy and the league has been, it's been a great experience, really. You know, I feel as though we're kind of redefining this relationship between the players and the league. Um, and as you can imagine, in the wobble, it's also another balancing act. You know, uh, I, I, I have to... I feel as though I need to make myself accessible to a lot of the players and of course staff so that we can really address everyone's concerns and do what we what we kind of what we were geared to do in this bubble what we're so passionate about both playing and also amplifying our voice so it's it's still kind of a work in progress but I'm very grateful to be holding the role. Thank you go to uh me with the LA Times. So uh, we've obviously seen several different players for various reasons decide, yes, I'm ready to play. No, I'm not ready to play. For you, what kind of went into the decision when you were assessing your own personal risk during this pandemic to say, yeah, I'm ready to go into, go into the wobble, as we're calling it? Um, for me personally, uh, and it's interesting, a lot of people don't ask me this because I think that they assume that because I'm the president um, that I just am automatically gung-ho for everything. Um, which is not the case. I think that uh, I had to be more deliberate on how I decided to kind of navigate the negotiations, understand what I was entering um, with, you know, the situation at hand and the season ahead of us, and um, kind of assessing my own personal um, kind of, I guess, priorities, as you can say. And so for me, uh, health health was, was a big one, um, not just um, COVID, but also, you know, the circumstances of not playing for five months and then entering high performance kind of rigor, uh, you know, qu quite quickly, given the five months that we hadn't been playing, that those were heavy on my mind. And then um, a non-negotiable for me was um, speaking out as a player in this world that we experience um, so much racism and social injustice. So um, those were kind of the variables that I was considering um, to make my decision to come and play. And um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Uh, just So you, you mentioned sort of making yourself accessible to, to so many different people. Who, what are some of the issues that have come up that you find yourself dealing with, like when, when in the last couple of days? Well, you know, as you come in, as the union, where it's important for us to ensure that um, players' rights and you know the resources that are, are that are guaranteed to them and that are laid out for them is what is happening and so as people came in of course we have so many different variables whether it's certain players testing positive and then people coming in on different types of flights and of course us all entering a space that we've never been in before um, you could just get questions you know whether it's about food whether it's about where you're living lodging amenities and such so that was very much much what um, the last four days have been for me uh, just kind of constantly trying to work through a lot of housekeeping and kinks um, because it's new it's not just new for us it's also new for IMG and so um, everyone is on the same side here we all want this to go very well we all want everyone to be safe and healthy and I try to I try to kind of appease a lot 
of those concerns and feedback, whether it's from the players, through the players, to the league, to IMG, so that we can really get to solution-based kind of action. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I continue to do so, but it's tapered down as people have settled in. Thank you. We'll go over to Cheryl Coward with Hoopbeat. Given the social justice initiatives that the league has uh, announced, have you had any time to actually plan uh, some details of what's going to happen in the next few weeks and maybe give us a, an idea of what they, they will be in? Uh, are you meeting? Is the social justice committee meeting on a regular basis? And how does that work as far as time management yes. and everything? Yeah, so my first vice president, Leisha Clarendon, is kind of the head of that. And then, of course, I'm a part of it as well. Um, the Social Justice Council has been chatting and meeting on a regular basis. And um, along with projects that they're interested in rolling out, one of which is, you know, the opening of a weekend that would hopefully be able to um, signify and commemorate Black Lives Matter and say her name, um, of which we don't want to be limited to just like, you know, just ent opening the season with it. We want to be able to commemorate and bring awareness and hopefully action um, to many of the things we've been doing. And although we're in a world right now where Black Lives Matter and say her name is front and center, we still very much, um, Social Justice Council is still very much involved in, you know, voting rights and registration, LGBTQ initiatives, and um, and we're just very excited to have a council. I'm, I'm very proud to have someone on my team who's on the council. Um, so it's just kind of what we discuss, how we want to be able to implement it, and most certainly also utilizing the resources that we have um, and uh, our advisors through the process, which would hopefully gain us some long-lasting relationships that can extend past just this season. To Ramona Shelburne with ESPN. Yeah, I was wondering just your, your reaction, not only as, you know, just as an individual, but as a head of the Players Association to the comments from Senator Kelly Loeffler the other day, um, and, and who also is a, a owner of the Atlanta Dream, and sort of where, where you stand personally, but, and also where the, the Players Association stands on, on her place in the league after the, the letter she sent to the WNBA about Black Lives Matter. Uh, well, to be clear, I can only speak on myself. You know, it wouldn't be fair to, or I don't, I'm not even sure if it's even in our constitution to, for me to be able to represent everybody when it comes to where we stand um, with that situation. But I mean, all I'd have to say is, you know, if someone believes that and that's not what the league stands for, that's, then you can leave. You don't have to stay. John W. Davis, the Windsider. So as you're balancing everything off the court, and we've talked about that, you know, in the past, you've been honored on, you know, for postseason awards in the, in the league, all WNBA, all defense, even MVP in 2016. What would it mean for you to be able to win one of those or multiple of those awards this season with everything that's going on in the Wubble? You know, I think Candace said it best earlier this week. Um, this season doesn't have an asterisk next to it. It's an exclamation point. Um, and in a lot of ways, I, I want a lot of people who follow us and who don't even to understand that because, you know, we are entertainment in a lot of ways. But, you know, I feel as though the W fans truly value what we do um, and the intensity and what it takes and the commitment and the sacrifice that we make. Um, but this, as, as much as it's been hard for everyone, whether it's personally, financially, emotionally, you know, in so many different ways, that's, we're also the same 
you know, COVID <laughs> shows no discrimination. And um, the effects of that on our world have certainly shown no discrimination. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, we can be very proud as a league that we still retained our jobs in this situation. Um, there are measures that are being taken to ensure safety protocols. Also that we're women who are getting paid 100% of our salary in, in an age in which women are the first to get cut. Women are the ones who are disproportionately affected by um, layoffs and furloughs and such um, in this world amongst other, other things. But if we're speaking solely to the pandemic, that's just kind of how it is. Um, so for, for, for me to walk away with anything, most importantly, really just a championship, um, it's gonna be extremely well-earned. And this is going to be a season that no one will ever forget. So um, that would, that's, that's the goal. And that's why we're here. To Nick Hamilton. So um, obviously the WNBA has always been on the forefront of, of social justice, uh, racial inequality and things of that nature. And you guys have always kind of been on the forefront of things. Um, dealing with the, the Kelly Loeffler situation, it kind of reminds of what the Clippers went through with Donald Sterling. Have there been any talks? Because we've seen several players come out and say this, is no, that this has no bearing in our league. Have there been talks with players, uh, you being the, the player uh, uh, president, what have you, have there been any talks with players who are trying to work on trying to get her out of the WNBA? Um, you know, to be honest, I feel like that's a league question. <laughs> I really don't know how else to answer that. Um, I feel like that's a league question. You know, as players, we can speak our minds. And um, I've always believed, and I, I'm going to bump this back to Candace again, we are inherently, you know, in a political space being female professional athletes. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting that Black Lives Matter is considered political because it's not, it's, it's a human rights issue. And so to bring politics into um, a space where many people out there now um, are saying that we shouldn't bring politics into the sport. Um, it's quite contradictory when, you know, politics are being, we're bring, being brought into politics. Um, so when it comes to where someone will or will not go as far as ownership, that's a, that's a WNBA question for me. Okay, so we have Rashonda Gray over to Cameron Buford with What's Good in Sports. I'd like to know, what, from your perspective, why do you think this George Floyd murder situation has had such a profound impact on the world as compared to Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Breonna Taylor? Why do you think that's been? Um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that we've been faced, like it's, it's not new to us. Um, it's definitely something that's been continuous. And I just think that it was just actually shown, like the video was released and it was just gruesome just hearing him yelling, like, I can't breathe or can you just please sit me up? And I just felt like so many people can like just actually feel, feel that pain and him calling for his mother, feeling they can just hear that. So I just think that just touched so many people and we just decided to just, you know, keep fighting, just continue just to step up and just make noise, you know, and just say like, this isn't right at all. And we need to do something about this. Go over to Christina Williams of Girls Talk Sports. My question is just a follow-up from a previous media call that we did when you talked about how you were inspired by NECA. Um, how has training camp been like for the first few days and have she given you any advice or 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like super excited. Yes, on um, training camp has been great. You know, we've been in quarantine for like almost four or five days. So we're just really excited to just be back on the court and just getting after it. And you know, playing against Neka, um, I already knew she's a great player, but to get to play alongside of her and just watch her and just learn from her, it's just even a greater experience. And I just love the fact that all our vets including Neka are just so easy approachable and just willing to help us get better each and every day. And that's something that I truly value and appreciate. Uh, David, yeah, go to the uh, next hoops. Um, you know, I'm just kind of curious about uh, now that you've had, um, you know, some practice under your belt here with the group, um, just what are your, your initial impressions, you know, of, of what your role might be like on this team, you know, and how coach kind of plans to use you in the rotation? Um, my initial plan is, yes, I come in to rebound, and that's my job, but I'm also open to any and everything that coach asks of me. Even if he asks me, like, great, I need you to pick up your energy. I need you to talk a little louder to pick up the energy from anybody else. I'm like, all right, coach, I got you. So my role is just to go out there, bring the energy every day, make Candace and Echo work. If I make them work, that makes the game so much easier. So my role is just to challenge my teammates each and every day. Thanks. We'll go over to Ronald Wallace. How has it been going? You know, first first uh, practice uh, in there with the veterans, Candace Parker, uh, Neca, and all those guys. Uh, are you fitting in yet? Yes, and it feels amazing. I'm like, I feel like I'm the missing piece <laughs> to the puzzle, and it's just great to be somewhere where you're wanted and um, you feel like you can bring something and have an impact on the team. So I'm excited. Um, for that, and I'm just really excited about this year. You know, I feel like we're making history now, and I'm just thankful just to be here. Uh, Miriam Swanson, LA Daily News. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I want to know what the hardest part of being in a in the wobble, and then also I want to know about your what you packed and what you brought along. Um, I think the hardest part is being away from my boo. You know, um, I feel like he's a big support system for me. And even when I was out the league, um, he believed in me so much. And he saw he saw this. Like, the crazy part about it is, like, four years ago, when I was in Atlanta, he was like, you're going to play for L.A. Watch. I'm like, no, I'm not. And, like, the fact that he came true and he believed in me is amazing. And I just miss my family. So I think that's, like, the hardest part. Go over to John W. Davis with Windsider. So with everything you've mentioned, and you've been there for basically a week now, what have you learned about yourself inside this WNBA bubble? Um, you know, I still surprise myself. Um, I'll have to say I definitely surprise myself, but one thing I have learned is even though I have a lot of downtime, is to use um, this time to kind of, connect with the young girls back at home in LA. You know, I have my foundation called No Gray Areas, and it's been kind of hard for me to work on it because I've been playing. So now I have like so much downtime, I actually get to connect with the young girls. I get to have Zoom conversations. I get to help them set goals and plans that they have. So that's just something that I learned for myself is just not to waste the time that I have and make it useful. Thanks, we have time for one more with Rashonda. We'll go over to Stacy Pates with Believe in Sparks. Hey, Rashonda. We have, hey, we've exchanged some uh, messages on the gram. And one of my favorite things about you is just what I'm looking at right now. You have a smile that just Aww. lights up a room, your attitude. 
<laughs> your, per, your personality and, and just knowing that you operate in gratitude daily. And I hope to shake your man's hand one day because he was spot oh. on, right? In supporting you. Not too so, long though. <laughs> <laughs> but talk, thank you. Absolutely. Talk about how your personality, you're operating in that gratitude that just comes through you naturally and innately really helped you get through the the low times in your life and get you to where you are right now you know um sometimes i sit back and i like i have time to like think about things and i sit down and i'd be like dang so it's like eight people in my family and i'm the only one to actually go out there and do something so that's a blessing already on top of that and not only that i'm from south central la where not many great things come from there I mean, of course, besides me and a few others, but not many great things come um, from South Central LA. So I feel like that kind of motivate me more to try to get out there, spread love, spread em empowerment, spread positivity. And, you know, it's a, a blessing because I'm a big, I'm big on religion and I'm a big believer in God. And I just feel like he put me in positions and he put me in people's lives for a reason. So my job is to just have him live through me through uh, to other people. So that's what keeps me motivated. And just like the young people back home, like I'm from South Central LA, like that's big. Like I can be like, mama, I made it. Like, look, I'm on this big old camera and I'm playing for the home team. It doesn't get any better for that. So why not channel good vibes and good energy? Because if you've been negative, just only bad things are gonna happen. Start with questions for Brittany. We will go over to um, Sue Favor with Women's Soup World. Um, just wanted to start out by just seeing. I know you've only had maybe one or two practices, but can you can you tell us maybe a little bit how you see your role shaping up on this team, and what are some of the maybe the challenges and the good things that you've noticed from the first two days, and what the chemistry is starting to shape up as. Um, I mean, the, the first thing that pops to my head is um, culture. You know, this is a team of culture. And I just know that I guess one of the challenging things is just uh, being consistent. That's something that I've always had a, a little little struggle with. But um, just being consistent and, and holding myself accountable. Um, I see that we hold each other accountable in practice. If, if we do a rep and it's not good enough, you know, we'll do it over well and on a better rep. And um, for my role, I mean, just coming in, being that two-way player for them, uh, you know, guarding three position or whatever position they want me to guard, making sure I get out in transition, making sure that, you know, I'm being athletic on defense and, and using my wingspan, using my using my length, and um, just, just, you know, having fun, bringing that personality and that energy to the team off the court. So uh, I think that that's my role. You know, I'm fitting right in. Over to Megan Hines with the Suave Report. What's been one tip of advice that you've gotten from a teammate or coach so far if in practices? Don't be afraid to make a mistake. I think, you know, that's just something that was unspoken, but it felt good to know, you know, if you mess up, they're very encouraging, you know, that not a second goes by where you don't think that somebody is like on your side or when you do something, they're just like, just next play, like you got it, come on, like this is practice, this is what we're here for. So it's been, it's been really good to, you know, not have that type of, you know, look over your shoulder, like if I mess up, is you know, something's going to, you know, be wrong, but more so encouraging to know they have your back. Uh, Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. <laughs> what, so I wanted to um, ask you about the situation in Atlanta with uh, Kelly Loeffler and kind of wondered what you were feeling about all that this week, kind of seeing it go down from, from here. The only thing I have to say about that is just an example of what we're fighting for right now when it comes to equality and just, you know, fighting for, you know, 
just, you know, our lives and just knowing that everybody's matters, but you know, it can't start to matter until black lives matter. So um, that's my piece on it. It's just, it's just another example of today where we just have to, you know, keep fighting and figuring it out. Holly Rowe, ESPN. Hey, I wanted to follow up. Coach Fisher said that you guys were able to finally have like a team meeting and be face to face instead of these Zoom calls. We're super jealous, first of all. But I uh, just wondered what it was like to have energy and teammates and, and just take us in that meeting with you and what that was like. I mean, for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a newbie. So I'm still trying to, you know, just, you know, f not figure everybody out, but just figure out where I fit in. You know, the personalities are here. Um, some are quiet, some are not, but just sitting in that room, it's, it's not that different. I mean, we're there, but you always have to like, keep in mind that you got to do the whole social distancing. So even when you want to like hug or dap up somebody, you know, that's the awkward part. But other than that, just seeing each other and just enjoying each other's company, not being secluded and, you know, being together, it's, it's been dope. And, you know, the message hits different when you're in front and everybody's, you know, paying attention to that one person talking. So it's been pretty cool. John W. Davis with Winsider, go ahead. All right. So I wanted to ask you, you seem like you've been having fun. Uh, what are some of the things that, that you have been doing to have fun? We've just seen little snippets, but is there anything else you, what can you share with us about what you've been doing to entertain yourself? Because I mean, there's only so much basketball you can play. Uh, I mean, I mean, shout out to our, our media representative, uh, Sophia. She catches me dancing during practice a lot. So, um, I mean, you know, I just, you know, this attention span, sometimes it gets a little short, but I, you know, I try to make sure I keep myself awake and alert, you know, a little bust, a little move or, you know, a joke here too, but really just, you know, just bringing that energy when it's time to focus, it's time to focus. When it's time to have fun, we have fun. And for me, that's either dancing or laughing, or honestly, I just don't say anything. I just really just look around and I'll make a face and then that'll just tell it all. And I'll just go about my business. Cameron Buford, what's good in sports? Um, being new to the squad, you kind of touched on it a moment ago. How difficult is it during this quarantine time or the wubble, if you will, to develop that chemistry and develop that uh, camaraderie with your teammates? Um, it was definitely a little awkward at first. I was very nervous. I will admit uh, the first Zoom call that we had, all we had to do was, you know, say our name and then, you know, like where we're from you know, that little, you know, welcoming icebreaker. And I was petrified. My hands were sweating. Mind you, I didn't played against or played with on the USA team with many of these females. But to be on a team with them and not be an opponent, you know, and be a part of, you know, the Sparks now, it was just one of those things where it was, I'm still trying to believe that I'm here. Um, but it's like a, a good try. It's not like a bad, like a disbelief. Like, I, I feel that I belong here. It's just, you know, like, it's that time. So, um, it was a little awkward, but now I'm like, I'm comfortable. I'm still trying to find my stride in it. I mean, it's training camp. We're all trying to find our chemistry, you know, so it's, it's, it's just been that for me. Christina Williams, Girls Talk Sports. Um, I just want to follow up on John's question. Um, a lot of players this week um, have been making YouTube channels and putting out creative content to give us an inside look at the bubble. Do you plan on doing anything like that since you have such a big personality? No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm as, 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 as outgoing and as open as I am, I'm also very private. So, you know, it's just one of those things where social media is somewhere where I use like my platform, but making YouTube channels and all that, that, that is consistency with filming myself. And I don't really know if I'm really the film myself type of person. So I will leave that to Zoe, but um, I'll definitely give you guys content. I just won't be filming it. Sorry, last question for the evening. We'll go with Stacey Pates. Hey, Slim. 
talk about playing this season. I know you always play with a purpose. Mm-hmm. How much bigger is that purpose this season? Oh, it's huge. You know, I have to admit, you know, with everything going on, I had to really sit down and really educate myself and really, you know, not be outside just because it's not happening to me because it could very much been, you know, like my brother or it can be a family member affected by anything going on, not just with killings, but just with the climate right now with COVID or a family member catching it. It's just one of those things where you just have to keep in mind that, you know, it's bigger than you. It's outside of us. You know, let's step outside ourselves. And a huge thing that I'm big on is paying it forward. So, you know, with our, you know, our t-shirt, you know, change has no, no off season. It's the same thing with paying it forward. Like there's just not a chance in my mind where I don't want to take it to help somebody else and not, you know, think about myself. So um, that's just one of the things that I'm really, really going to keep in mind. That's why I like to wear this shirt. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. And don't forget, we're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. Follow Sydney at SweetsBaby24 on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Stacey Pates on both platforms as well. If you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. We'll continue to hear from the LA Sparks from Bradenton, Florida on the next episode of Believe in Sparks right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.